All right, you can come back in and find your way in and find a place that you can grab a seat. Many of you will have remembered that over the years we've shared about NYSM, New York School of Urban Ministry, and supported them in a number of endeavors over the year, and many of us have even been to NYSM. This morning we have Peter Diarudu who's going to be with us and share about NYSM, but first we wanted to share this video about NYSM with you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on, give the Lord the praise. Amen. He's worthy. <laughs> praise the Lord. You're looking well here today. It's a little rainy out, but uh, anyway, the presence. How many sense the presence of Jesus here today? Amen. God is with us. Since God before us, then who can be against us? Amen. Just so grateful to be here today and... Um, uh, be a part of what God is doing here in the in the upstate, um, downstate. You got to pray for us in New York City, but uh, anyway, God is moving because greater is He that's in us than He that's in the world. That's what we have to focus on. Jesus is on the throne; He has the final say. Thank you, Pastor Jonathan. Now I could say, Senior Pastor Jonathan, give it up for Pastor Jonathan. I heard the wonderful news in April. Amen. So that means that Pastor Chris has been elevated to bishop, and uh, uh, so uh, good to see you, Karen, and uh, our dear, precious Karen. Give it up for Karen and Chris. They're wonderful people, friends of ours. Amen. And the legacy and the mantle continues to go forward. You know, Karen, um, she was my friend. Uh, most times, I believe, but she would. Uh, I was a student at Elam, and she was in the finance office. So uh, we we had a way of sort of just hello, and then sort of you know going to another building. But anyway, I did pay my bill, so uh, we thank the Lord for His grace upon us. We have a table out in the back if you'd like to look at some of the things that are happening in New York City. You know, I'm glad I'm here today because. Uh, if you listen to the fake news long enough, you will think that New York City is like Ukraine. Well, uh, yes, there is an uptick in violence and different things, but guess what? It's everywhere. It's not just the New York. It is everywhere. What did Paul the Apostle say? Where sin did abound, what? Grace did much more abound. So God has called us to be salt and light and church. This is the greatest hour for the church of Jesus Christ. 
The world is getting darker, and may the church become brighter so that those that sat in darkness, they will see not a flickering light, not just a little matchstick, but they will see in you and me a bonfire of the glory and the presence of God Almighty, and they will come out of darkness, and they will see that Jesus is the light of the world. Can we put our hands together, give them praise right now? And uh, so I have some flyers about this uh, amazing food truck that God has blessed us with. Share a little bit of testimony in, the, in this uh, message. But this is what's happening, and we're able to, you know, I, I really was burdened because uh, there's a lot of feeding programs going on in the city of New York and, and churches, Christian churches. But, you know, they just... They're not even preaching Jesus. I said, if we're going to have a food truck, it has got to be 100% a preaching machine. We have a 36-inch griddle, a 24-inch stove, LED lighting for inside, outside. We have a platform that folds down with sound systems so that you're able to go out and not only feed people in their body, but feed their spirit. And people are coming to know Jesus one life at a time. There is revival on the streets of New York City. Why? It's not about me. It's not about Nysim. It's not about the food truck, as you saw in the video. That truck is just a piece of tin. But when you lift up the name of Jesus, he said, I will what? I will do all the drawing unto him. One more time, give it up for the Lord. He's worthy. Amen. And we're going into our holidays, and uh, we have our what we call Operation Drumstick for $1.96. I was coming up yesterday uh, just for a, a medium cup of Dunkin' Donuts. 239. I said, say what? Could you bring that up again? Do it again, sister. No, it's 239. And, and for uh, a Thanksgiving, full Thanksgiving dinner, all the trimmings, turkey. Am I getting anybody hungry right now? I'm from the, you know, I, I'm, I'm in God's country here, and you got good comfort food up here. And, uh, but through that turkey dinner, a life can come to know Jesus as their Savior. Have your Bibles. I'd like you to turn with me to 1020, and we're going to look in the Word today. You know exactly where I'm at. Jude. I'm going to ask you to turn to the book of Jude. That's right before the book of Revelation. So the book of Jude. I'm going to ask us to pray. You know, today is very significant in our country because it's 9-11. And uh, I remember uh, being in New York City during 9-11. I think Pastor Jonathan had said that there are are there any Elam students that were there because we did have about 60 or so. Yes, there. Okay, you were there on 9-11 with us. And uh, April was there. We went down to the Lower East Side of Manhattan, unloaded trucks and so on. I mean, it was very, very, I mean, we had a whole... Uh, itinerary all mapped out, all ahead of time. And uh, guess what? 9-11 took place, and God just flipped the script that we were able to minister to people that we never thought we could minister to before. And, you know, 9-11 was, I believe, 21 years ago, but maybe you're in a 9-11 situation right now where something catastrophic has happened. There are people today, we need to pray for 
the families of the victims of 9-11, as they were reading the names, I stopped in a coffee shop this morning, and on the screen there was a mother and a son just reading the names of, of fallen heroes. So let's pray right now that God will help us in the Word and God will help those that are still struggling. Father, today we thank you that, Lord, in the midst of 9-11 came out that steel cross, uh, a representation that God uh, buried in the rubble are the seeds of revival. And so if any of us are still struggling with the effects of 9-11 or we're going through our own 9-11 today, God, we pray today, Jesus, that you will meet us. Come on, can we open up our mouth and give God some praise right now? Just reach out one hand. Just lift one hand to the Lord right now. God, for those struggling victims, Lord, at the 9-11 memorial today, God, in New York City, we're asking, Jesus, let it not be something that's morbid, but, Lord, let there be a move of your spirits. Oh, Jesus, as your word says in Genesis 1, that the earth was void, it was dark, it was gloomy, but then the Spirit of God came upon. Come on the scene, we pray today, Father. Come on our scene today, Father. You know, people that we're going to meet today, Lord, that might be remembering 9-11, but God, today, help us to lift people beyond 9-11 and to see that their redemption, our redemption draws nigh as we reach out to you, our Savior, our Lord, our King. We honor you and praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Could we put our hands together one more time and lift up the Lord? So, thank you, Jonathan, again for allowing us to be here. Uh, I'm at the uh, Elam Fellowship Elders Annual Retreat this week in sunny upstate New York. And um, looking forward to uh, times together. Uh, my wife, Darlene, uh, sends her greetings. She's uh, keeping the home fires burning. My wife and I have been serving as urban missionaries with NISM for the past 35 years. And NISM has trained over 40,000 people in hands-on ministry. And as a result, they've gone back to Mexico. We have a brother right now. His name is... Um, Sebastian Senewal, he's down in Buenos Aires, and I, we did some uh, video time during uh, the COVID uh, pandemic and uh, some teaching and training. He said, you know what, I got the vision at NISM. <clears throat> I was a student at Elam. I came down, did an internship with you. I went back to my country, so he got in touch with me. He said, you know what? We started a mini NISM in Buenos Aires. We have 500 students right now that we're training and equipping and deploying all over the nation of Argentina. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that, isn't that sort of like a God thing? Amen? Can we believe God, that God is able to do it? So we're equipping the body of Christ. Well, let's look into the word of Jude. And... Uh, this is what Jude has to say, verse 1. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father, preserved in Jesus Christ, and are called mercy unto you and peace, love, be multiplied. Verse 3. <clears throat> Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you. So, so here is Jude. You know, just before we get into the word, I won't keep you long, but Interesting about Jude, Jude is, as writers say, is the half-brother of Jesus. 
Do you know that he was not even a convert or a believer in the, in the over three years of, of ministry that Jesus had on the planet? Are you kidding me? He saw signs and wonders and healings and deliverances and demoniacs being set free by the power of God. He saw the 5,000 uh, be, being uh, filled with, with uh, fish and loaves and bread. and so, You mean to tell me that Jude did not know Jesus? Guess what? He didn't come to a saving knowledge of Jesus until after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so here is Jude, the half-brother of Jesus, and he's the writer, and it's interesting because in Paul's epistles, you will have the, the, the uh, uh, Corinthians, you will have uh, Colossians, and those are churches that Paul the Apostle specifically wrote to those Christians who were in those cities and those churches. But here, much like James, it's a general epistle. And here Jude is, is constrained by the Spirit of God. And I just believe today that what Jude is saying is really an antithesis of what is happening in the world and the church of Jesus Christ today. Jude is burdened. Jude is challenged. There's some passion about Jude. And he says, you know what? In, in other translations and the message and the, and the living, it says, I have to pull out all the stops. I have to basically put my, put my soccer game away. I have to put my hunting gun away. I have to do every, I put my fishing rod down. I have to put everything aside. And I have to write unto you because I have three things I want to share with you today, and the title of this message is, He's Calling Us to Be World Changers. Now, I can't change Ukraine. I can't change Russia. I can't go there, but guess what? I can change, by the grace of God, New York City, my block, my community, the, the sphere of influence that we are in. Guess what? We are all missionaries. Say, I'm a missionary. Say it with me. I'm a missionary. Now turn to your neighbor say, you're a missionary. Now wake up your other neighbor say, you're a missionary. <clears throat> So what is your mission field? Maybe you're a plumber, you're a teacher, you're a basketball coach. Maybe uh, you're an administrator, you're a blue-collar, you're a white-collar worker. That is your and that is my mission field that God has given to us. And in order to be a world changer, uh, Jude writes three things. And he says, I'm writing you. Have you ever received a letter from a, a mother, a father, Especially if you're, how many college students do we have in this house? Could I see a hand? And, and, and you get a letter from your mom, and mom's writing, Josh, Josh, don't forget, don't be late for school. Josh, don't forget to do your laundry at Elam. I know Josh. Anyway, okay, Josh, Josh. I'm like, mom, come on, you're killing me, okay? So there's a reason there's a reason when you get a letter, when you get a, a, a letter from maybe somebody who is asking you to support their ministry. I am writing you, and Jude says, I'm writing the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ. This general word with a powerful, laser-focused message, three principles I leave with you today. He says in verse 3, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you, number one, of the common, say common, common salvation. It seems that Jude is writing to the church, 
And he said, listen, people of God, you were all fired up when Jesus was on the earth. The power of God was outpoured in the book of Acts. And now the church begins to evangelize and expand. But it seems that you might have forgotten. Maybe you forgot. Maybe you've been a little bit weakened because of the culture. Isn't the culture trying to weaken you and I every day? Trying to erode the very uh, quality and the graces of God in our life. (coughs) I'm like, I love the word Because it says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and what? Fallen short of the glory of God. Maybe you're like David in Psalm 51 and verse 12 where he says, God, I don't know what you're doing in my life, but one thing I want you to do, God, restore the joy of my salvation. Maybe your, maybe your salvation, you got saved when you were 12. Maybe we were 50 last week, 5 years, 10 years, 30 years, but somehow it gets a little rusty. It gets a little same old, same old. I'm asking God today, God, fan the flame again. Help me to recognize that I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm not all that. I may have an REV period in front of my name. I may be an Elam Fellowship elder. So what? I am a sinner saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. As Paul the Apostle said in in Philippians, he says, I was a Hebrew of the Hebrew. If anybody wants to say I'm all that, I was a Hebrew of the Hebrew man. I was from the tribe of Benjamin. And then he goes down the list and he says, you know what? It's nothing. I call it all but horse manure. I know where I'm at. I'm in upstate New York. It's all I counted but dung. Isaiah 53, verse 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to our own way. And the Lord had laid on him the iniquity of us all. Acts 4.12, there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved but through the name of Jesus. And maybe you're here today. You're backslidden. You're far from God. God is calling you. He said, don't forget, you got saved. You and I have been a marked man from eternity. And he's calling you. And maybe you've somehow gotten a little bit weak. You've become a little bit uh, more in touch with the world and less with the will of God. And he's calling you and I back. And he's like, David, get fired up again because Jesus saved us, healed us. He's the way maker. We just sang it just a few moments ago. Am I speaking to anybody here today? Oh, God, today, there is a common salvation that whether you're rich or poor, black or white, we all need Jesus as our Savior. Hallelujah. Come on, give him praise in the house. Secondly, he says in two, in, in two times in the same verse, he says, I'm not just writing to you about the common salvation. I'm writing, listen, Bubba, I'm writing again. I'm letting you know. He uses the word write twice. Why is it in the Bible twice? Whenever the Bible repeats itself, God is trying to say something. And he says, I'm writing to you not only of the common salvation, but I'm writing to you today because, number two, he said, I'm calling the church of Jesus Christ to contend for the faith. 
Are there any contenders here at Family Life Worship Center? Are there any contenders that are willing to say, devil, not today, not tomorrow, not next week? Are there any contenders today that are willing, as Ezekiel 22 and verse 30, I sought for a man among them, not a preacher, not an evangelist, not a missionary, not a person with all titles. Listen, the more titles you have, the less Jesus gets glorified. But if you say, God, I'm nothing. You're everything. I'm weak. You're strong. I decrease. You increase. That's when God shows up the greatest. When you're insecure and you're young, you need a lot of titles, but the older you get, I remember hearing the story about Billy Graham when they interviewed him and he could hardly speak. And and they said, Brother Billy, what what are you hoping for when you get into heaven? This is what Billy Graham said. The man had preached around the world, saw the Queen of England several times, had a a very close relationship with her and other presidents and other world leaders. Thousands, millions have come to know Jesus. You know what Billy Graham said? I hope, I hope, I pray that God will say, well done, thou good and thou faithful servant. So I ask you today, What are we contending for? Now, there's another word called contentious. Contentious is a person or or, or it it denotes somebody that's just causing uh, upheaval and problems and so on. God is looking for somebody to step into the arena and say, in the name of Jesus, it doesn't matter what our culture says, and may I say this about our culture, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. This is not about Republican or Democrat. It's not about a political opponent. It's about a spirit. And Jesus said, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us, let it quicken the church. Let it quicken our mind. Let it quicken our value system. And here is Jude. He said, don't get weak, even though the world is trying to weaken and cause the church of Jesus Christ to erode in their passion. God wants to ignite something afresh. In you and me today, contend for the faith because if you lose your faith, if I lose my faith, we have no hope because the, uh, uh, Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith, say it, now faith is not yesterday, not tomorrow, not a hundred years from now, which it will be, but now, today, now faith is my substance. It's my rock of Gibraltar. It's everything I'm standing upon. It is today. Hallelujah. Contending for the faith. If we could have that first slide up and I'll close in a few moments. I know uh, Jonathan knew I was coming, so he put a trap door in here last night. So we're out on our food truck in the South Bronx a few years ago in January. Had a group of us, about 30, we're out there ministering, and I see this man. He didn't look like that. He came out from this city shelter. I mean, it was like 30 below. Uh, I, I had a, I had a, a big uh, winter coat on, scarf, uh, long johns, you name it. I was still freezing. 
And this guy comes out from the shelter. I could see him in the distance. And he starts with his bare hands. He only had a short sleeve shirt, pants, and sandals on. And he's beating the concrete wall, beating it. In the middle, this is about 11 o'clock at night. And so <clears throat> we're out there, and I saw this, and so he's getting closer to our truck. So I went to him, and uh, I reached out. I said, hi, I'm Pastor Peter. God bless you. He said, my name is Hector. I said, Hector, it's okay. It's okay. Okay, okay. He, he sort of settled down. And I said, would you like some food? Yeah, come on over to the truck. So he comes over to the truck, and he gets a hot dog and hot coffee, gets some food. I had one of my brothers in upstate New York come down to help us, Brother Mike, and <clears throat> I said, Mike, why don't you come and minister to him? So the man is there, and all of a sudden, he's just standing there with a blanket around his back, sort of like a mummy. I said, Mike, what's up? You know, we're going like this back and forth, and he said, I, you know, just sort of shaking our head, and so we're just watching this whole thing occur, and then he starts walking back to the shelter, and as he walks back to the shelter, he drops right onto the concrete, flat on his face, and then he starts yelling. And then he starts spitting. And then he starts slithering. I said, come on, brothers. We're going to do some ministry right now. That's a demon spirit. And so we're calling on God. So we called our leaders around. We're calling on God. And the more we pleaded the blood of Jesus, the more he began to scream. And I said, Hector, come on. I said, God wants to set you free. And the demon began to manifest and said, my name is not Hector. I said, devil, we know who you are, and we're not impressed. Come out in the name of Jesus. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I think every NYPD cop showed up. The people came out from the shelter. They took them in handcuffs and put them in the paddy wagon and out the door. We were like, oh, my Lord, what happened? So we prayed that night, said, God, you, 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 you want to set this man free in the name of Jesus. Two weeks later, we're out in the same spot, and there is this man, Hector, and he apologized. I said, he said, I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened. I said, the enemy wants to take you out, but Jesus wants to save you. Would you like to know Jesus as your Savior? And right there, he got saved, and there he is. Somebody gave him a Mickey Mouse uh, wonderful uh, uh, <coughs> wonderful stuffed animal right there. There he is smiling. What does it mean? Contending for the faith, standing in the gap, and maybe you have a son, a daughter, a wayward mother, a wayward wife, wayward children, and you're saying, God, when is it going to happen? Didn't we just sing a few moments ago, waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper? And that truck is the old truck. It wasn't even retrofitted. And in the middle of COVID-19, God began to work in my heart, and he said, I want to take you to another level. I said, okay, God. He sa I said, okay, that sounds good. I don't know what that means. He said, you're too satisfied. I said, really, Lord, I've been here 30. No, you're too satisfied with just the same old, same old. I want to take that truck. I want to take you to another level. I said, Lord, you're killing me. He said, that's the plan. We just like everything. So make sure the light's a certain way. Make sure the temperature. We don't like, let me tell you something. I don't care who it is. We do not like change. We just like everything to be. So guess what? Because it's so familiar. But let God be your course. Let God be your rudder. Let God be your shield and your buckler. Can I get an amen here? 
So I said, okay, Lord. He says, I want to take you to another level. And so I said, okay, Lord. He said, I want you to start raising funds for the truck. And so this is right in the middle of COVID. Everybody's unemployed. Everything's shut down. Manhattan looked like a ghost town, looked like the rapture occurred. Nobody's there. Nothing's happening. Everybody's waiting for their unemployment, stimulus check, child care check, every other check. And uh, my staff said, don't you understand? I said, I understand, but this is what the Lord said. And I go to the board, and they said, Peter, we have no money. I said, so when did Nisim start out believing God by the base of money? How about a word from the Lord? And they said, okay, if you can raise the funds, go for it. Don't you love it? So we began to just say, God, will you help us? And we just, I didn't even send a letter out yet, just started to draft something, and somebody said, hey, I heard what you might want to do. Here's 5,000. Didn't even have ink hardly to the paper and $5,000 gift. Another $5,000 gift. 10,000 already. We needed over $50,000 to retrofit this truck. In four weeks, over $65,000 came in for this food truck, and now every church in New York knows about it. Every pastor is calling us. I mean, we've got, we have to put a people on waiting churches on waiting lists right now because every time the truck goes out, people are coming to know Jesus as their Savior. We could have been just saved and satisfied, but God says, I don't want you to just be saved and satisfied. I want you to contend. I want you to get in the devil's territory. What does the Bible say over there in, uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12? Paul even said to young Timothy, a pastor like Jonathan, a pastor, young pastor, you know what he said? Fight the good fight of faith. Don't back off. This is the greatest hour for the church of Jesus Christ. The world is already unglued. They're off their rocker. And if you read everything that Jude is writing, he begins to tell how there's mockers and there's, there's people that are mouthing off here and there. You hear them on the TV, and, and we could go on and on. But God says, you know what, don't waste your time because guess what? You already know what the world is doing. This is what I have called you to do. Number one, as we close in a moment, don't forget of the common salvation however god elevates however god blesses what did paul the apostle say he said i am what i am by the grace of god second he said contend for the faith would you contend it was on march 8th of 1971 in madison square garden where Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier were in the boxing ring. And here was the contender, Joe Frazier. You remember that announcer, Howard Cosell here. Here he is, Howard Cosell. They're in the boxing ring. Oh, my goodness, what are they going to do? Very, very, you know, some of the young people, pastors, they don't know who Howard Cosell Just Google it. Go on Reverend Google. <clears throat> he goes 15 rounds. And with a left hook, Ali is down on the ground. And you might be saying, you're so weary, you're in, you're contending, but you're just saying, God, win, win. And guess what? God will give you the energy and the strength to give a left hook. And Muhammad Ali, that giant, that thing that is in front of you, 
is going to dissipate in the name of Jesus. Can I get an amen? Now through our food truck and working with Brother Pastor David Ham, who just started Soul Cry Church in Long Island City, we're reaching veterans that are basically homeless. I met a man by the name of John. He, I said, how long have you, he says, I was over there for several tours and I was over Desert Storm. I said, how long are you in this facility? Comes out with just a bathrobe, boxer shorts, a tank top and sandals. He said, I have been in this homeless center for two years. I'm saying, God, isn't there anybody that's willing to contend? We want good, what we want in our churches, we want rich, good sinners. That's what we want. But God says, you know what? I'm willing that none should perish. All should come to repentance. And lastly, he tells us here in verse 22, verse 22, and some have compassion. Number three, compassion, making the difference. How do you get that compassion? I'm glad you asked that question. He says in verse 20, but you, beloved, build yourselves up in your most holy faith. <coughs> Excuse me. Praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. How do I get that compassion? Do I go to a course? Do I go to Zoom? Do I, do I go to a country? Do I go to Oxford? That's not what the Word says. The Bible says in verse 20, he says, when you begin to pray and you begin to ask the Holy Spirit, do a work. Let me tell you, you're not going to get compassion watching CNN or that fake news. Guess what? When I, went, when I was uh, thinking about this message this morning and I was coming in and I woke up early and I went into Facebook and I began to look at this, book, this great blog. I was Facebooking and when I got my face in the book, come on church, this is the greatest Facebook you could ever be in because what did Jacob said? I will not let you go until you bless me. When Moses went up to the mountain, guess what? He didn't even know what happened. And everybody begins, all of Israel saying, what happened to you? Whoa, you forgot your sunblock number 65 because the Bible says when he came off the mountain, his face glowed with the presence of, listen, when you're in the presence of God, you don't have to have a placard and say, well, I was on a 50-day, a 40-day, or 10-day, a 3-day, or 3 minute or three hour fast people are going to know we've been in the presence of God because something has happened something has changed we're not indifferent we're not complacent we're not just same old same old John 3.16, I was reading it just the other day. For God so loved America? I don't think so. So God loved just the Republicans? So God just loved the Democrats? Or into No, God loved the world. He gave his only son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Last slide as we close. I've got three minutes before the trap door comes. And if we could put that sign up, <coughs> put that slide up. Four days after 9-11, I was there with my friend from Florida. He came up, uh, and uh, Tommy Thomas, and we were down there digging, and April and others were there with us. They weren't digging, but they, we were very close and working with a church in lower Manhattan called Primitive Church and trying to get food and clothing. Compassion. What does it do? It makes the difference. What is compassion? Compassion says, I, I hurt with your hurt. I don't know what you're going through. Or we could say, you know, okay, you're hurting. Okay, God bless you. Here's a little, you know, be warm, be filled, be blessed, and move on. Are you kidding me? 
Compassion is the very heart of Jesus that he's broken for people's brokenness. That we can be empathetic and say, you know what? Sometimes you don't even have to say something. Just take their hand just to be with them, just to stand in the gap with them. Compassion. He says right here, he says, if you want to make a difference, if you want to be a world changer, can you be a little bit compassionate church? A church that's not simply an organization, but an organism that beats with the heart of Jesus. As we were asking the Lord to help us, we went up to the roof of Nisum. You could see the whole city all smoke as the towers were on fire and the towers were coming down. We began to pray, said, God, how do you want us to help how do you want us to be a part? You know, I went, I was ordained with Elam, and I went into my Elam Fellowship Minister's Manual, and I looked under 9, 9-11. I'm, Pastor Chris, I, I guess I, I, I got to get a refund or something from Elam. I didn't get it. It's not in there. Because guess what? There are going to be catastrophic events that will happen in our life and in this in this world that we live in. And God is saying, it's got to be my compassion. What does he say in Matthew 9? He saw the multitudes and was moved with compassion. And so we began to pray, said, God, help us. And my friend called me from Clearwater, Florida. He said, we're praying for you. What's your bank account number? I said, well, what do you mean? He said, we want to help you. So I said, I'll get back to you an hour later. Before that, we, we just wanted to go down. Before that call came in, I went to uh, the, uh, the, the bean counters, I mean the finance office, and uh, I said, uh, we, we got the word that we've got to help the police officers. They need food. They need sandwiches. Everybody's being bused to Shea Stadium, and then from there being bused down to ground zero. So I went to the finance office. I said, I need a check for $3,000 the Costco credit card, and I said, we're going down. They, they, they said, excuse me, Brother Peter, uh, uh, we don't have a chart of accounts for th this 9-11. I said, yea, thus saith the Lord, start one. Are you with me today? Well, what do we call it, Brother Peter? I said, call it disaster relief, 9-11. $3,000. They went and got all the ham and the rolls and uh, and our, our food service was open for 30 days straight. We were going on the 4 o'clock roll call, the night roll call, and then we were involved in the disaster relief for another six months. And then that call came in after we took that step of faith. The pastor said, give me your bank account. He called me an hour later, and he said, we're wiring $7,000. I didn't ask for that. He just said, Lord, we want to be moving in compassion. Are you with me today? $7,000 came in. Then he called me the following week. They took up a love offering, and they collected over $25,000 for Nisum. Then they collected all water and bottle and sanitary equipment and helmets and so on and brought a U-Haul truck up. And we were able, through our accounts, to be able to bless over hundreds of people, and $80,000 came through our bank account, not for the light bill, not for the mortgage, but just to support people that now they lost their jobs, some funerals, firefighters, uh, some of their firefighters were lost, their children are going to 
uh, Christian school, other school. We paid their whole tuition for the whole year. People that were out of work and unemployed. You want to be a world changer? I want to be a world changer. I want to make a difference. I don't want to talk about it. You know, it was, it was, um, it was uh, Winston Churchill. He said, I don't want to just talk about history. I want to write history. I want to make history. Would you stand to your feet? We could have the worship team come one more time, and I'm going to have us sing that song, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper. I want to ask you today where you're at. Are there any contenders in the house? Or you want to be a contender? Or maybe somehow you became weak, become weary in well-doing. And I just sense today that God wants to renew the joy. How many, I, I don't know about you, I need the joy, I need to be renewed or the joy of my salvation. Amen. I'm a Christian. I'm a child of God. Heaven is my home. I'm just passing through. But while I pass through, I want to go to heaven, not with an empty truckload. I want to go go to heaven. How about you? With a whole truckload of sinners, people, men and women that are broken and hurting and struggling, and they need this Jesus that we so love we were worshiping about. Are there any contenders today? You want to contend, say, God, I'm willing to get into the boxing ring. It may be a little difficult, but he said, fight the good fight of faith. Don't give up. Don't let up. Don't shut up. You are the only voice for your children, for somebody that is wayward. How about that man, Hector? If we would not have come, if we would have given up, he would have not known Jesus as his Savior and compassion. Oh, God compassion. The story of a preacher who went to a restaurant after church. He's by himself that day. He's ordering his food. The waitress comes and sort of throws the menu in his face. Sort of like, okay, uh, uh, wait, I'd like some coffee. Okay, so she comes back with the coffee and she's very, very abrupt and not only pours the coffee in the cup, but pours it on the man's lap. <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, get some towels and wipes it all up. What would you like, sir? Like a steak and medium and so on, and broccoli and carrots. He brings the food. and When she brings the food, he says to her, uh, excuse me, ma'am, your thumb is on my stake. She said, oh, yes, I, I, I had to do it because so it wouldn't fall on the floor again. Doesn't say a word. It's taking the grace of God. Would you like dessert? He's like. It's been a rough go of it. He's thinking to himself, I, I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll just pass. I could just have my check. He sort of drops it there. So he looks at the bill and writes it down, goes to his car, and the waitress, she comes out with a receipt weeping she says, sir, sir, you dropped this $50 on the table. He said, no, 
He said, that is your tip. He said, I could tell you were having a rough day. The minute she said that, he said that, she broke down, weeping. She said, I'm so sorry. I treated you like dirt. She said, the reason why I'm acting this way is because today, this morning, my husband served me divorce papers after 25 years of marriage. And I'm at my wit's end. I don't know the left from the right. I don't know what's going on. <clears throat> he said, could I pray for you? Yes, yes, he prayed for her. He said, if it's possible, here's my card. I'd like to come and meet your husband and you and talk to you. Okay. The next day, the white, the, this, this waitress calls, said, my husband's agreed. Comes to this trailer park. Everything's a mess. The, the house, everything. He comes in, sits there for over two hours, led that couple to Jesus Christ. Come on, church. There are people that are struggling, that are hurting, that are acting out. And I have to say, Lord, help my heart not become hardened and indifferent, but help me to move with the compassion. Is that you today? Is that what you want? I want that. Would you just come? We're going to sing this song. Come on. Are there any contenders here today? Come on.